Welcome to Hands on Health, the podcast all about living your healthiest life on the coast. Today we're talking with Dr. Amrita Desai. Dr. Desai is a medical oncologist and hematologist. She cares for people with cancer at the CMH OHSU Night Cancer Collaborative in Astoria, Oregon. She's especially passionate about improving cancer care for people living in rural areas. Join us as we learn about how cancer care is changing because of the pandemic and because of improvements in cancer treatments. Today we have the pleasure of talking with Dr. Amrita Desai. Dr. Desai is an oncologist who has extensive training in hematology and oncology. Since joining the team at CMH in 2017, she has helped the clinic more than double in size. In September of 2019, in recognition of her skill and expertise, Dr. Desai was named the Medical Director of the Medical Oncology Department. We're very excited to welcome you today, Dr. Desai. Thank you for having me here. Absolutely. Dr. Desai, your training included time at Harvard in Boston, where you received a master's in public health, then a residency at Brown in Rhode Island, and finally your fellowship at a major cancer center in Miami. Wow, you've been everywhere. Based on your skill level, you could have practiced anywhere in the country. What made you come to a rural hospital in the Pacific Northwest? Well, as you know, in the last decade, we've had several improvements in the oncology care and outcomes in cancer. However, these changes have not been evenly distributed across all the country and all socioeconomic strata. My training in MPH and during my fellowship training in oncology I had a lot of insight about the rural-urban disparities in oncology care, the challenges in having services of a trained oncologist, access to chemo medications and targeted treatments, oncology care resources, lack of integrated care, and the huge healthcare costs. Also, back in India, I trained at a government-run medical school where we essentially took care of people from rural areas which lived in resource-limited settings. Practicing in these limited resource clinical settings with inadequate medications, inadequate supplies, lack of advanced imaging and lab care and lack of subspecialty care can at times be very challenging and even frustrating. During my training, I would see a lot of women with advanced breast cancers and cervical cancers because there were not enough treatment facilities, enough imaging places, and um, there were limited accesses for these people. And had there been these things for these women, they would have been detected at a much earlier stage that would have caused less financial burden on them. And the most important thing is that they would have had much better outcomes and an improved prognosis and survival. And that training in that setting can be very challenging, frustrating. But at the same time, if you're able to provide and get these people through these hardships and be a part of their success stories, it is very, very fulfilling. And that's the experience that I love to have. And that's what made me come here. Well, I think we're very lucky to have you here. How do you like Astoria in Oregon? Oh, I love Astoria. It's beautiful. I take my little one on the river walk almost every day. And we like to spot the ducks and the sea lions and the seagulls. And it's just beautiful to go to the beach whenever you feel like. 
Plus you have the mountains. It's really beautiful thing. I agree. Yeah, I agree. Your cancer center, like everyone in the world, has gone through many changes in the last few months due to COVID. As the medical director, you're responsible for how those patients are cared for. How has COVID affected the way your team at the cancer center is providing care for your patients? These truly are challenging times for everyone, especially our population, which is the most vulnerable population, as you'll know. Um, We at the Cancer Center very early on started implementing changes which would make sure and ensure that we take care of our population here. So, for example, we've had screening protocols in place where we check daily temperatures and symptom checks for all the employees and all those who come through the Cancer Center. We have made certain uh, patient flow changes wherein we have made changes in our infusion and clinic room so that we are able to have maximum safe distance between patients when they are in the infusion getting their chemos. We've ensured that all our staff wears protective gear and is constantly educated and constantly uh, having all the equipments and supplies to make sure they are able to provide the necessary care with all the training equipment. We've also ensured that our staff is not uh, doing any unnecessary travel, doing all online conferences or meetings without having to travel. Our providers are going through each patient's case and discussing case by case and making sure that patients who are on surveillance, who do not need immediate urgent care, are then having phone visits or video visits so that we minimize the number of people coming into our cancer center so that we can protect our patients here. I think our staff has been constantly educating our patients and their family members about what safety measures to take, how to identify early symptoms and how to address those symptoms. And also our social workers have been there helping our patients through this difficult time. So what I would like to say in the end is that our cancer center is constantly weighing the risks of benefits of everything that we do so that we can make sure that we ensure best possible care in the safest possible way without compromising outcomes for our patients. Absolutely. And we do know that cancer patients have a, have a much higher risk, really, with their, with their lack of immunity to um, these kind of things. What would you say to somebody that's concerned about a virtual visit or a teleconference visit? Is it awkward? To be honest, teleconference or phone visits are a little challenging because it's hard to convey the personal touch or the personal feelings. But I would like to tell my patients that, you know, we do really assess their case, their history, and only when we are sure that we can manage to offer the same level of care that we'd go ahead and... Right. You wouldn't do a virtual visit visit with someone that needed to come in. Absolutely, yes. Yeah. Well, and I had a virtual visit recently with my provider, and it was a little awkward, but it was very convenient, and I did not need to be seen in the office. So um, I think it was convenient for both of us. So I'm glad that you're able to do that. What are your thoughts about how medicine and the practice of medicine and the way you care for your patients are going to be different post-COVID? So definitely the pandemic has brought in a significant amount of change in the healthcare system in itself and definitely oncology care all across the world. 
So, uh, for example, we are looking at ways in which we can safely deliver treatment. And some of these changes are going to stay in place post-COVID. Uh, for example, in radiation oncology, they are looking at ways in which they can give the same amount of radiation over a shorter duration of time without affecting safety. In our medical oncology, we are trying to look at treatment regimens where we can minimize the duration or the times of uh, infusion in treatments where the patients have to come in. So if we are now given drugs which can be given every three weeks, we can safely give them every six weeks so that makes patients come in less frequently to the clinic. We're also looking at regimens which can be given safely, which are not very toxic, but have the same outcome. And we are trying to move patients to oral chemo medication so that they can stay home. They don't have to come into the cancer center. There are also going to be changes in the guidelines of how we watch and do surveillance for cancer survivors. And I think some of these changes are going to stay there for a long time to come. Mm -hmm. Also, there has been changes in clinical trials where it's been difficult to conduct clinical trials in this pandemic. And I think going forward, there'll be changes in the way clinical trials are constructed and like made so that they have less visits. They can do some of the imaging or the laboratory work at their center rather than be at a centralized place. <laughs> and I think all over the, the country and the globe, researchers and scientists are gathering data from the pandemic patients. And I think analyzing that data will give us more insight and will help us make new guidelines going forward. It's amazing the amount of changes and some of them for the better, it sounds like. It's sometimes you're pushed into one of this this type of um, this type of thing and you just make the best of it, but sometimes that becomes kind of the best choice. Yes, sometimes these challenging in these challenging times we come with newer solutions which actually end up being better. And, and you can implement them more quickly because you need them. Absolutely. I agree with you on that. Yeah, it's so interesting. Well, do you have any other thoughts or advice for people that might be listening, either your patients or, or any patients, not just cancer patients? Well, I would say that the COVID pandemic has affected every one of us, but we are all in this together. And if we all practice social distancing and self-quarantine when we develop symptoms, then I think we will be able to take care of our loved ones who are vulnerable in a much better way and be able to get over and come over these difficult times. I would also like to tell people that these are good times for oncology. There's so much research and drug development that's going on. We have so many new treatments like immunotherapy and targeted therapy, which are having less side effects and having much better improved outcomes that I think we have a good promising future for oncology. Well, that is wonderful. And I will look for you on the bike path. I'll have my puppy with me and maybe we'll run into you uh, walking someday. And we're very pleased that you're here and pleased that you're part of the Cancer Center here at Columbia Memorial. Thank you so much. I love being here, I love practicing at the cancer center. I have a wonderful staff and I love my patients. So I wouldn't be anywhere else. Great. Well, thank you for being here. Thank you. Thank you for joining us today. This has been an episode of Hands-On Health brought to you by Columbia Memorial Hospital.